You know, I really don't believe there is a digital solution in, in a people business. Welcome to Reboot Higher Ed, a show that focuses on frontline adaption needed for sustainable growth in today's complex, non-traditional, and graduate enrollment. It's time to shake things up. On today's show, I'm being joined by Brian Willett. Brian has been on the show before and I'm bringing him back. On episode 24, we talked about enrollment growth, strategic enrollment management with a focus on the admissions office. Brian's expertise is definitely in that frontline adaption. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, excited. Uh, glad to be back on the show, man. Uh, second time around. So uh, that means uh, I must have done something good. That's why I have you back on. You are doing something right. And you also have a specific expertise when it comes to admissions personnel, uh, those on the front line driving the ship. So, there are many different pieces that go into growing enrollment that involve an investment on or in marketing and technology, but there's an important piece as well, and it's the investment on personnel. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you one of the things, um, you know, I really don't believe there is a digital solution, you know, in, in a people business. And what I mean by that is, you know, sure, you can have technology, you can have all these funnels, you can have CRMs, you can have all of these things. But at the end of the day, in higher education, in the world of admissions, at least, someone's got to pick up the phone and call somebody, at least in most institutions, unless you're talking about some of the bigger brands, the bigger name schools, the bigger online schools. And you, and you know who those people are. You know, they're doing it through marketing efforts and they're spending millions of dollars a year. But for the rest of us, you got to pick up the phone, you know, and you got to be able to have a conversation. It is a people business. So true. We are in the people business. And people, regardless of the industry or the institution or business that they're looking to invest their time and energy in, want a response. They want an acknowledgement. Why don't you shed some light to the listeners on getting in touch with that prospective student, that interest, and the importance of that and any other just nuggets of information that you would like to give uh, in regards to, hey, someone's looking to obtain their degree at your institution. They're looking to continue their education. So what do we do as a university? It seems like a simple concept. However, I think that it is a gap at many institutions on how that approach from the frontline office is handled. You know, we, we used to call it speed to lead. And then a lot of people didn't like calling people leads. But yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to speed to lead. And, and you just got to think about what are we conditioned to now in society and culture, right? I mean, we can get online and, and buy something from Amazon. And in some cases, in some markets, you can have it here by the end of the day. And I don't have to go anywhere. If, if I'm hungry, I can get on Uber Eats or, or DoorDash or whatever it's called. You know, we live in a culture now that wants immediate response. And so, you know, schools so often, you know, put together 
a great marketing plan or, you know, they, they think they put together a great marketing plan. And then it, you put together and you're getting these inquiries, these leads, whatever you want to call them in. And then they're just sitting there and no one's following up with them. And that's just not how things work today. You know, I want immediate response. I mean, you know, the biggest currency or the most important currency in the market today is speed, period. I just look at what people are doing on a daily basis. You know, if I, if I, if I walk into a store, if, if I look at my own buying habits, okay, and, and I'm probably now on the other side of, you know, uh, a prospective student, you know, I'm probably just outside the, the range of that adult student, maybe, I, I don't know, you know, uh, and, you know, when, so when you think about the, the people, let's just say younger than me, they've grown up in this immediate gratification, this immediate problem I have being satisfied. Right. And, um, I just believe people, when you, when you follow up and you get to people quicker, the chances are this, all the statistic and research shows that you're more likely to to get uh, that prospective student to walk through your doors. The biggest obstacle usually is someone inquires at your institution, probably 10 other institutions, and then for you to try to get that person on the phone to come check you all out or to get on the phone and, and walk through whatever your enrollment process is, virtually or whatever it is, that's your biggest challenge is to get them back on the phone. And so... If you can respond to them immediately, the chances are you're going to have more success. And, and just think about yourself. If I get online, I go to websites to look for a phone number. Or I go to websites, and if they don't have a phone number, which a lot of these tech companies nowadays don't, you know, I'm either going to chat with somebody or I'm going to submit the inquiry or whatever and hope that someone calls me immediately. Yes, a callback is probably very much appreciated. So, Brian, let's change lanes. What have you seen in your 20 years of working in higher education and coaching and leading? What have you seen uh, that is outdated? So, touch on outdated process. Touch on just the outdated model uh, that exist at many institutions still today. I'd love to hear your insight on that. Yeah, I say, you know, when it comes to outdated and think about technology, obviously there's a lot of schools that have either purchased technology and they don't know how to use it. They didn't buy whatever that package is. And this is not a, you know, a plug for all those vendors out there. You know, so often what happens is you buy some type of application and you, you, you only use 10% of it or something, right? Uh, so that happens. Uh, but then, you know, there's some schools that, you know, maybe they just don't have it in the budget. You know, I've worked with a few schools that are, that are literally talking as as we speak about purchasing a CRM. You know, so you think about that, right? Paul, I mean, you've been in, as long as you've been in higher ed, you probably have always been on a CRM, right? You know, having those those things in place is just critical now. Uh, and, and now with the CRMs, they're not going to do everything for you. Again, I go back to my original point, which was, you know, the, there, there's not a technology or a digital solution in a people business. So the CRM can't pick up the phone and listen to that other person's concerns or hear those hesitancies, at least not right now. And then know what to say to, you know, 
get that student or that prospective student to move through the process. You know, I guess some of the outdated processes uh, that that I, I see is, you know, I, I said CRM. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess the biggest thing is it's not necessarily outdated processes. It's more of a philosophical view that you've kind of hit on already, which is, you know, we built it, they will come, right? I use the old, uh, what was that, in the field of dreams? Yeah. If you build it, if you build it, they will come. Well, that's right. not the reality in today's world. If, just because you built this amazing program, people are not going to show up and just start attending it because it's a great program. There's probably 15 other ones they can do, you know, take as well. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you got to create, you know, the strategy around making that program successful. Brian, we're hitting on some topics that involve change and changing culture. Culture comes from the leadership with the topic of admissions. What has been your experience in interacting with leaders within the admissions office? There's a culture change, a shift uh, that we're seeing in in higher education. Um, There's a lot of external things that are going on that can be distracting. And also, there's some things that are just not going to be avoidable, like the fact that we're going to have to adjust and pivot but where does that start? That's where it goes back to, you know, leadership. You know, everything is the great John C. Maxwell says is everything rises and falls on leadership. And he also says, and I would agree with this, that, you know, most of my problems are created by me from a leadership standpoint. And either I was not clear on something or I didn't do something. And uh, and so when you think about leadership in a in you know, higher education admissions, I think it really goes back to, you know, what are those rules of engagement that I like to say and rules of engagement are, it means how do we conduct business? And, you know, this philosophical, somewhat philosophical, and then somewhat very specific rules that are written down in in a, in a playbook, if you will. Uh, this is how we conduct business. This is how we, how, you know, handle inquiries. This is how we you know, follow up with students. This is that pattern. Uh, these, these are some of the things we say. And, you know, it's not necessarily scripting to the T, but we, we do have some scripts and some guides uh, on how we engage with our prospective students and how we engage in our office. Um, you know, yesterday I was doing a, um, a half-day sales workshop with a company, and uh, I know the CEO, and he, he focuses on three things. And this is something pretty common, but he says, look, in this company, we're going to focus on the people, the process, and the product, right? Or the product and the process, these three things. So I ask the group, all right? And so I've been around this CEO, let's just say a total of five hours, if you will, uh, just if you tallied it all up, the total of five hours, all right? So I'm in this room live with, I don't know, 12, 13 other people sales team and others that work with this person every single day. And I said, well, what are the three P's that Tony always talks about that we're, we're focused on and um, in, in this organization? And everyone just kind of looked around. And I said, uh, do I need to tell you? <laughs> and so I, I said the, the three P's, right? People, product, and process. And uh, I, I looked over at the CEO and I said, man, I was like, I've only been around you for five hours and I knew that. 
And yeah. so we had a side, we had a side conversation. I said, look, I was like, I don't know what the research says. I've read it once or twice before, but whatever that is, whatever that mantra is going to be, whatever those rules of engagement are going to be, a CEO or a leader can never say them enough. Just when you think you're tired of saying them, you got to say them more because if not, people are never going to get the message. So true. And we think after our first delivery, our message is understood. Here's a challenging topic then, sticking with leadership. What What is going on then? What is happening? What What are some things that you are experiencing working with leaders in higher education, specifically admissions leaders? Uh, what's that current state right now? What's happening and what needs to change? There's so many layers to this. And uh, I'm just going to, you know, I guess the one I want to speak to probably the most is, is, um, well, the thing that I'm seeing the most, let me put it that way, is just total complacency, I guess. And, and when I say complacency, I almost want to say arrogance. Uh, and I know some people are probably like arrogance. I'm not arrogant, but there's an arrogance of we are doing everything we can do, right? And that comes from a DOA or a VP or, or you know, most of the time in, in schools, you know, most schools, the presidents or whoever are not that involved in the admissions, uh, at least not the day to day, but just a, an arrogance that we that we're doing everything we can do. And it's really not us. Right. It's not us. And, and I just think that's in hu- humans, right? Whenever, whenever there's an issue, we, we don't say, well, where did I go wrong? What, what can I do differently? It's more of, it must be a marketing issue. It must be a lead quality issue. It must be, you know, this or that, whatever it might be. And, and so I, I say that term arrogance, just that, you know, we already have, you know, these things figured out. We just need this or that. And, and so, what that leads to, arrogance leads to a lack of self-awareness and a lack of being able to be coached. And, and, and so leaders have to lead. And so leaders must identify the needs and then go find a solution. And what I see a lot of times, and, and I'll just speak, you know, here in the last couple of weeks, and, and I think leaders need to get their team involved, but I've worked with two different schools where the leader, the main leader, the top leader, allowed the people to decide whether or not they would move forward with, with, with my product. Okay. They, the leader believed it would be a good product or I wouldn't have been on a phone with them. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they allowed the team to say, nah, we don't need it. And that's not what leadership is. A leader sees where the issue is and, and leads people there. Now, I'm not saying you don't get people involved in decision-making processes, but sometimes people are not going to do what's in their best interest, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Especially especially if in the higher ed world, you're already working hard. You already feel like you're doing everything. So a leader must say, no, I think this is going to be beneficial. There's going to be some pain associated with it while we go through this. Pain meaning time and energy and effort. And we got to do it. Thank you, Brian. So I'd like you to give us some parting words as well as 
let the listeners know how they can learn more about the admissions advantage. And again, thank you for your time, Brian. To learn more about the admissions advantage, just go to admissionsadvantage.net. Admissionsadvantage.net. You can learn all about our products. It's a virtual training product delivered over a a 10-week period because time-spaced learning is better than workshop learning because the concepts stick and you practice them over a period of time. But no, just, you know, the remaining thoughts is, you know, and here I'll, I'll give a little plug to you is, you know, what you're doing here on your podcast, uh, you know, educating people and, you know, you're, you're taking the time and you're sharing your thoughts, you're sharing your struggles, you're sharing other people's expertise and, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, you know, and sure it's information that's being delivered and uh, all education begins with new information. Uh, but, you know, once you get the information, it's what do you do with it, Right. Right. And uh, and so now you got to take the information and and do something with it. And you know that's that's my final thought. You know I'm just proud of uh, proud of you what you're you're accomplishing here with the podcast. So you know I talked about this yesterday. You know a year ago or less than a year ago, 99 percent of what I did was live training, face to face, sitting in a room with people. And less than six months later, 99% of what I'm doing is virtual training, meaning I'm doing it with groups over a computer. You know, there's similarities and obviously there's differences, but I had to totally change what I was doing. And uh, so, you know, it's just really, if you're not willing to change, you know, you're probably going to get left behind. And so, you know, that's the challenge in higher ed. Well, that's all for today on Reboot Higher Ed. Again, special thanks to my guest. Brian Willett and his product, the Admissions Advantage, and link to that product is in the show notes. So please definitely check that out. And also, if you found today's episode beneficial to you, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast from. And also, don't forget to leave me a review as it's quite beneficial and helps me bring this content to more listeners who work in the higher education space, especially those that work with the non-traditional and graduate student enrollment population. Again, thank you for tuning in to Reboot Higher Ed and have a great rest of your day.